or two this morning, and a very familiar passage. We've already preached out of here a couple of times, or at least referenced it over the last few weeks as we continue or finish out our series, Home for the Holidays, here uh, this morning. I'm excited about concluding the message. Uh, We're going to wrap it all up today, and this has been our series for the last three weeks. This will be the fourth week, and finish up on just looking at how Christ came to bring us all home to the Father, and how sin had separated us from a holy God, and he sent his only begotten son to reconcile us back to the Father. Luke chapter number two, we're going to finish up this morning, uh, picking up in verse number eight, if you're there, let's stand together if you can, in honor of the ring of God's word, Luke chapter two, look down to verse number eight. This is a passage that many of you might be able to quote uh, from memory. If you've ever been in a Christmas play at your church, I'm sure some of you uh, had these lines that you had to recite. Luke chapter 2, look down to verse 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege, Lord, to be in your house again. Thank you, Father, that we're not just coming to church. We're coming to our Father's house. And, Lord, we get to have that privilege of coming here and calling you our Father because of what we just celebrated, our Savior, Lord, who brought us back in a right relationship with you. I pray you'd help us finish the series out this morning in a way that's pleasing to you. And I pray that, Lord, most of all, we'd be clear that you'd give us liberty. Help us, Lord, to receive the message and then to respond to it today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This will be the last message in the series this morning, and I need to go back and review just a little bit to help you understand the direction we're going to go to close it out this morning. The first week in December, we looked at a message entitled, Finding the Way. That if we're going to return back to the Father, we've got to know the way and how to get there. The Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. And so we saw that first message, we saw the coming of the way. Jesus came to be the way for you and I. But then we saw where the Bible says that something separated us from God, and that was our sin. And you and I had a standing debt between us and God, and it was a debt that we could not pay. It's much like the old song used to say, uh, he paid a debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. Thank God that he sent Christ to pay that debt. That was the cost of the way. So Christ was the coming of the way. He paid the cost of the way. But then we looked last week at how the Bible says that our sin was a trespass between us and God. 
And that trespass had to be accounted for. We had criminal charges against us by an almighty God, and those charges had to be cleared. Christ came to be that propitiation for our sins. He took our place. He took our punishment. That was the clearing of the way. So Christ came to be the way. He paid the cost of the way, and then he cleared the way by taking my punishment and yours on the cross of Calvary. Now, aren't you glad this morning? that he did all of that work for us. But wait a minute, this morning we're going to notice something very important. This morning he paid the way and he cleared the way and he did all that was needed for you and I to return to a right relationship with the Father. It's all cleared. You think about what he did this morning. There was the humility in his coming. The Bible says for Christ to put on flesh, he had to humble himself. You know, flesh is below him. He is Christ, the Son of God, the sinless Son of God, and yet he put on this flesh. The Bible says he humbled himself. There was humility in coming to us. But then he had the burden of living for us. He had to live a sinless, spotless life. Have you ever tried to do that? Hey, try 33 seconds. Try 33 minutes. He did it for 33 years. So there was the humility in coming to us, then there was the burden of living for us, and then he endured the agony of dying for us. He did all of the work to clear the way that you and I could have a right relationship with the Father. Now here's something we're going to look at today that you and I have got to see. Even though the way is all cleared for you and I to return to a right relationship with the Father, you and I have to choose to make the trip. The way's been cleared. The way's been paid. But you and I have to choose to have that right relationship with the Father. You say, well, I'm already saved. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I've already come to know the Father. But just because you're saved this morning doesn't mean you have a right relationship with him. We all drift. We all wonder. And we all, listen, have a need this morning to come back to the Father, whether through salvation or through repentance at times. But here's the deal. Just because he came, just because he paid the cost, just because he cleared the way, doesn't mean that all of us are in a right relationship with God today. Why? Because in order to have that right relationship to him, you've got to choose to come to him. He already came to us. And to have a right relationship, we've got to come with him. My mom fixed a big lunch yesterday for everybody. You know how you moms do? You fix that big lunch, you could feed an army. I mean, literally, you could feed an army. I don't know who they're preparing for, but they're preparing for every cousin who's ever been born and is still living in our family tree, just in case they show up, right? And so I called my mom on Friday just to make sure, hey, we we still having lunch at your house? Yeah, we're still having lunch here. What do I need to bring? She said, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. I've got the, I mean, she cooks that sweet potato stuff with the, the, the pecans on the top. They're pecans, right? Not pecans. They're pecans. We're in the South. Don't you dare call it that, okay? They're pecans. And the pecans on top of that sweet potato stuff. And then there's that dressing that you put gravy on. I put gravy on everything on my plate. I mean, the ham, the turkey, everything. You just put gravy on it. It kind of baptizes it, makes it biblical. It's just good that way. It's just immersed in all of that. And then she has the dessert and, uh, and the deviled egg. There's never enough of those. 
I look good grief. I never knew. I went my wife's family. We had where's my wife at? She's somewhere in here. I don't know where she's at. There she is. Why do you keep moving like that? Hard for me to find you. You're usually right there. All right. Almost lost my security blanket. My wife's family. They fight over the deviled eggs. I went through the line and I thought, you know what? Well, everybody gets one right? Everybody's supposed to get one deviled egg. I go through the line, get my one deviled egg, and I sit down. The other day, it was Thanksgiving. That's what it was. I sit down. Her uncle comes over the table. No joke, not lying to you. He had six on his plate. I said, I didn't know we could get more than one, you know? Uh, I got to my mom's yesterday. There were dozens of deviled eggs that were there. I didn't have to bring a thing. She said, all you have to do is come. She said, I've got your place set. Your chair is in there. Man, she had, she had extra tables in the kitchen and, and chairs set up. Watch this. Everything was prepared, but I still had to come. I had to choose to show up. And boy, let me tell you, she didn't have to coax me over there either. Uh, I wanted to be there. Why? Because she had a lot of stuff that I wanted. Now, that's the way it is with our father. Everything's been prepared. The cost has been pay, uh, paid for us. The table has been set for us. But you can still miss out this morning on a right relationship with the Father if you choose not to show up. Now, he's done his part. Christ did his part. There's nothing keeping you from being saved this morning. There's nothing keeping you, if you are saved today, from having a right relationship with the Father. Nothing stands in your way except you. Except you. Do you know why there's people in hell this morning? It's not because the way wasn't cleared for them. It's not because the cost was not paid for them. It's not because there wasn't a way for them. Jesus came to be their way just like he came to be your way. Jesus paid the cost of their way just like he paid the cost of your way. Jesus cleared the sin out of the way just like he cleared the sin out of your way. Nothing kept them from coming to the Father except for them. The reason the rich man is in hell this morning and have been burning for over 2,000 years, it's not because the opportunity wasn't there. He just chose not to come. He chose not to come. I want you to hear me out this morning. This is important. The gospel is good news, but good news demands a response. You've got to decide what you're going to do with the invitation that you've been given. We look in chapter 2 and verse 10 real quickly, follow along. The Bible says in verse 10, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Do you know what the angel's telling the shepherds? Watch this. The coming of the way. He's come. Keep reading. Look down to verse number 11. The Bible says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Do you know what the Savior was? There's the cost of the way. The angel says, the way has come. He's going to be the Savior. He's going to pay your cost. Verse 11 says, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the anointed one. He's going to clear the way. So the angel tells the shepherds, the way has come. He's going to pay the cost. He's going to clear the way. But notice, the shepherds have to respond to the message that they've been given. They've been told everything that you and I have been told the last three weeks. But notice they have a decision to make. They have a part to play. And that's how we're going to finish up this series this morning. Today we're going to notice the coming to the way. Coming to the way. The way has come to us. The way has been paid for us. The way has been cleared for us. But you and I still have to choose to come to him. And this morning we're going to look at coming to the way. If you would, look back over to verse number 14. 
The Bible says, the host says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The message is being preached to them. A Savior is coming. But watch verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. Now, this is important. You need to understand this today. There's a tremendous difference in receiving the message and responding to the message. Okay? Did they receive the message? Absolutely, they heard it. The message was preached to them. The way has come. The cost has been paid. The way has been cleared. They received the message. But somewhere between verse 14 and 15, they've got to decide whether they're going to respond to it. Now, folks, for the last three weeks, this week's makes four. We've heard the message. The way has come. The cost has been paid. The way has been cleared. And now we've got to choose whether or not we're going to come to the Father. We've got to decide what we're going to do. Now, folks, I can imagine between verses 14 and 15, those guys were probably at, well, the first question they were probably asking, did y'all just see that? Did that just happen? I mean, did you ever see something you're like, did you see that? Okay, good. I'm not going crazy. Brother Monroe, he's on security this morning, but I'm sure he's listening. Uh, Friday, we were going down the road together, and we're out in the middle of the woods in Lamar County. We're going up this hill together in the middle of Nowheresville, and I see a fence, as we often do see fences around here, and I saw some animals out there in the fence, and, you know, goats or cows or something like that, and as we got closer, it wasn't goats, it wasn't cows. I said, Brother Monroe, he said, yeah. I said, uh, do you see a field full of kangaroos? He said, yes, sir. I said, good, because so do I. Somebody out there on the back road in Lamar County has a field full of kangaroos. I'm not lying. I wouldn't lie to you behind the pulpit. I'm serious. There's somebody out there that's got, I'll lie to you in the parking lot, but I'm not behind the pulpit. Somebody's got a field full of kangaroos. What do they do with them? I have no idea. Wouldn't you love to see a deer get over in that fence wondering what that creature is over in there? I looked at Brother Monroe. I said, you see that? He says, yes, sir. I says, me too. Just making sure I'm not crazy. That was probably the first question they asked. Did y'all just see that? Okay, good. Not losing my mind, not having that COVID brain anymore. But the Bible says the shepherd had a decision to make, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherd said one to another. Notice, watch this. God had sent his message through the angels. They had received the message, but now the shepherds have to decide how are we going to respond to the message. Now, this is important. You've got to get this. God said what he wanted. Now it was time for them to speak up and decide what they were going to do with what he had told them. That's number one this morning. The first way that we come to the Father and we come to the way, notice they acknowledged what was said. They acknowledged what was said. Notice they didn't ignore it. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. You see, when God makes his will known to you, you have a responsibility and an accountability before Almighty God to decide what you're going to do with it. Every time you hear the Word of God preached, whether it's good preaching or bad, don't blame it on me, all right? Every time you hear the Word of God preached and the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart or you open up the Word of God and you're listening to the Word of God as you read it, look, you're accountable to what God says. And when God makes the message clear to you, you've got to decide what you're going to do with it. Now, here's the sad truth this morning. Oftentimes, the reason we don't find what we need and we'll find what we're looking for is we refuse to acknowledge what God has said. 
Can I tell you, in order for those shepherds to find the Christ that they have just been told about, they've got to acknowledge what God has said. Do you know why lost people miss out on heaven? It's not because they weren't told. They miss out because they wouldn't acknowledge what God said. God made it clear. There's no person in this room this morning that will die and go to hell. There's no person that's already in hell this morning that's going to be there that wasn't warned by the Holy Spirit of God. He says, I will draw all men unto me. He's going to make it clear. Do you know why people die and go to hell? They refuse to acknowledge the message of what they've been told. Do you know why the shepherds found Christ? They found him because they acknowledged what they had been told. Do you know why we're not finding what we're looking for? Listen, lost and saved alike. The reason we're not finding what God says we could have in our life, whether, listen, salvation for the lost or joy, peace, and contentment in our life after we get saved is because we're not acknowledging the message of what God told us and how we can find it. Now, this is serious today, folks. we got to get this. Now, if the shepherds fail to get where they're going, it's not God's fault. You say, why? Watch with me, if you will. Look at verse 10. Watch close. The angel says, I bring you good news. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So watch. He says, I've got good news. Here's what's coming, a Savior. I'm telling you where he's going to be born. Watch verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Look, when you're seeking direction, isn't it good to have signs? Right, I know us men, we have those built-in GPSs and we never need Siri, we never need directions, we never need maps. I know that, but look, we humor our wives by reading the map, right? That's the only reason we do that. I'm just gonna show you that I'll swallow my pride and let the woman on the phone tell me how to drive, okay? But we know how to find our way, don't we? No. Sometimes we get just as lost as the next guy. Isn't it helpful to have signs? What does the Bible say, verse 12? And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. He got pretty specific, didn't he? Watch this. God wanted them to know the message clearly about what they needed to find, and he gave them clear instructions on how they could find it. Now, folks, you listen to me this morning. We're not missing out on what God desires us to have, whether it's salvation to the lost or a close relationship with the Father after we get saved. We're not missing out on that because God hasn't given us clear instruction on how to find it. Do you know why we're missing out on it? We're not acknowledging what he said. Do you know this book is written on a fifth grade reading level? Fifth grade. All right? Now, maybe if you're in fourth grade, it might seem hard. Maybe third grade might seem hard. This book, listen, the old King James Bible, it's written on a fifth grade reading level. God made it simple. God spelled it out on how to be saved. Jesus Christ came. He did all of the work. He did the hard part. He says, look, all you have to do is follow the instructions and come unto me. That's all we have to do. But then after we get saved, this book is full of messages from our Father. Very specific. People are clamoring in 2021. How do you have peace? Man, how do you have peace in this world? How do you have joy? How do you find some contentment? It's spelled out clearly in here. Here's the problem. It's not that God has not been clear in what he said. We just have not been committed to what he said. You want to find what he says you can find? You want to find what he says he's prepared for you? He said, look, there's a Savior. Here's exactly how you find him. You've got to acknowledge what he said. But you know where we get in trouble? We get in trouble when we start deviating from the plan. You know, the well was never part of the plan for Jonah. Go back and read Jonah chapter 1. The well wasn't part of the plan. 
I want you to arise, go to Nineveh, and preach to that city. There was no whale in chapter 1. That was not God's plan. But you know why Jonah ran into the whale? He decided, I'm not going to acknowledge what God said. Have you run into any whales? Oh, I've run into some whales before. Oftentimes, it's because I didn't simply acknowledge what God had said. Do you know hell was not in the picture for the rich man? He said, how do you know that? Well, God said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Any and all, that means that the rich man was part of any and all. Aren't you glad? Doesn't matter where you're at, where you're from, or what you've done. He's not willing that you perish, die without God, and spend eternity in hell. That was not part of the plan for the rich man. Can I tell you why he went there? He didn't acknowledge what he said. It's somewhere in the rich man's life. I don't know where. At some point in his life, the Holy Spirit of God knocked on his heart's door and said, the way has been cleared to the Father. The cost has been paid. The way has come. Hey, all you have to do is come, and you can have salvation, and he'll be your father. But somewhere he says no, and he refused to acknowledge what God had said. That's what happens when we've refused to, to acknowledge the instructions that God gives us on how to find what he wants us to find. Yesterday for Christmas morning, uh, we got Miley this little thing. It's a little box, and there's two buttons on the box. And uh, what it is, it's uh, when she has her music on her iPad, she just touches the button with her toe, and it changes the page. Your kids are so lazy today. Don't want to turn pages. And I'm complicit in it because I bought it for her. I mean, her mom bought it for her. And so you, you tap the left button to get it turned left. You tap the right button, and you get it to go right. And, and so we open up the box. We turn it on. She opens up her iPad with her music on it, and we start pushing the button. It's not working. My good grief. You know, if 2021 wasn't bad enough, now Christmas presents aren't working. We're clicking buttons and clicking buttons. It must be broken. And then my wife had this wonderful idea, wonderful idea. She said, well, have you read the instructions? I said, well, no, but I mean, how hard can it be? You turn it on, you press the button, right? No, you had to sync it to the Bluetooth, and you had to make sure the app was installed on the, 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 the iPad and all this. And after a while, Miley's in there, don't, 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 click, 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 don't, 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 click, click, click. She's just sitting there playing. You know, one day we're going to get her a bass drum, put it under there. That way she can just, she's already got the practice down pat. Watch this. Wasn't nothing wrong, excuse me for the double negatives, wasn't nothing wrong with the equipment that was there. We just acknowledge what was already said. And when we went back and acknowledged what was already said, we found it worked out well. You know, I hear people all the time, I'm getting out of church. I tried that and it didn't work. No, you were doing something wrong. It works. I don't know what you're bringing that book. That book was written 2,000 years ago. It just doesn't work. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with the book. There's something wrong with you. You just didn't acknowledge it. Look, I'm preaching to me today too. There's times in my life I don't have the joy, peace, and contentment, the power that I should have in my life either. There's nothing wrong with the book. There's nothing wrong with God. There's something wrong with me. How many times back in the 80s were we playing Nintendo? You know, the good one that had two red buttons and the one black button. Now you got A's and B's and X's and Y's and all that. I mean, my brain can't handle all those buttons that are on there. And you're playing, you're playing, and finally there's something wrong with this controller. You're right. There's something wrong with the controller, but it's not the one in your hand. It's the one who's holding it. You're the one that's controlling it. Folks, listen to me this morning. The word of God works. The will of God still works. The wise men found what they were looking for. Why? Because they acknowledged what they were told. God spelled it out specifically. There's a Savior coming. He's born in the city of David. He shall be wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he's lying in a manger. Narrowed it down pretty quick, didn't he? 
They didn't have to go look in a hotel. Why? Wasn't there. He's lying in a manger. No, they didn't have to go out and look and say, I wonder if he's renting an apartment on the backside of Bethlehem. No need to look in the apartments. Why? He's in a manger. He spelled it out. And yet this morning, so many of us are looking everywhere else to find what God says we can have, and yet we're neglecting the truth that God's already told us where we can find it. It's in his word, and it's in his message. God spelled it out to us. The shepherds didn't seem to get lost either. Notice that. The Bible says, verse 15, let us now go even to Bethlehem. The Bible says, verse 16, they made haste and found Mary and Joseph. They didn't get lost. Why? Followed instructions. We get lost when we fail to acknowledge the instructions our Father has given us. We love quoting Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's some of our life verses. There's nothing wrong. It's a great verse. The Bible says that God wants to direct our paths. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we go quoting all of that verse, what's the caveat of the contingency that's in that verse? In all thy ways, acknowledge him. God, I'm just praying that you would direct my path. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know where to go. And all this stuff's going on in my life. And God, I'm just waiting for you to drop it on me. We watch too much TV. You know, you know that show years ago, Touched by an Angel? You ever see that show? Back in the 80s, you know? And all of a sudden, that light would start shining out of heaven on that lady's head. It looked like a heat lamp is what it looked like. Just shining there out of heaven on that lady's head. And next thing, God, we're waiting for that. God, if you just show me where to go and show me what to do and show me how to do all this. God says, I already showed you how. You acknowledge me, and then I'll direct your path. Quit asking God to direct your path if you're not willing to acknowledge what he said. It doesn't work that way. You think this morning about Balaam. What did God use to get his message clear? A donkey. God says, I want my message clear, so he used a donkey. I know the joke you're probably thinking about right now. Don't say it, don't think it. In Elijah, what did God use to make his point clear? Fire. God says, I'll make it clear. I'll speak through fire. In Romans, what did he say? Romans chapter 1, to make his message clear. He says, I'll use the entire creation. Can I tell you, you don't have to worry this morning about God not making himself clear. God's made himself clear in his word. God's going to make himself clear in the preaching. By the way, that's why folks get mad at the preacher a lot of times. It's not because I made it clear. You know I can't make it clear. The Holy Spirit made it clear. But you're too smart to get mad at the Holy Spirit, so you get mad at the preacher instead. Shame on you. Whoever rolled my house and egged my windows. No, no kidding. Just kidding. Can I tell you, God's going to make his will known. But you've got to choose to acknowledge it. So number one. In order for us to come to the way, we've got to acknowledge what God said. The shepherds aren't going to find the way if they don't acknowledge what God has already said. Now, notice what they did next in verse 15. The Bible says, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Let us now go. Now, this is important. Not only did they acknowledge what he said, number two, notice they acted on what was said. They acted on what was said. They said, okay, we've heard the direction, we've got the message, we know exactly what God wants, but they had to choose to go. Now, in order, I'm going to give you something deep, okay? You're going to go home and say, our pastor is so smart. Get ready, here it comes. In order for them to get where they, from where they were to where God wanted them to go, they were going to have to go. All right? Now, some of you, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to say it again. I can tell you're like, <laughs> in order for them to get from where they were to where they needed to be, they were going to have to go, all right? They were going to have to make a move. Now, here's what happens oftentimes. We hear what God says, and we want what God's prepared, but we're unwilling to go. 
They said, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. You know, uh, this weekend, we're going to go up to Louisiana. I uh, have Christmas with my wife's family. Her birthday is January the 1st. And so we do Christmas and her birthday all together. They're going to have a big family gathering there. We'll have Christmas together, have a good old time together. And then we're going to celebrate my wife's birthday there on the 1st. Boy, we're just looking forward to all that the family is going to do while we're up there. Only one problem. <clears throat> This is deep, all right? Y'all got to stick with me today. I know it's the day after Christmas, and our brains are fried, our bellies are full, but you're going to have to stick with me because this is deep stuff. In order for me to be a part of what they're preparing up there in Monroe, Louisiana, we have to go there. Some of you, I can tell, you're not getting it. They're preparing it, but we've got to go. You say, what do you mean by that this morning? Well, in order for us to find God's will in our life, we're going to realize that going is an indispensable virtue. You've got to be willing to go. You've got to be willing to work. You've got to be willing this morning to put a little sweat equity, a little shoe leather, and finding the will of God for your life. That's why Isaiah 6, 8, what did Isaiah say? God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. You notice what he didn't say? He didn't say, here am I, sit me. He says, here am I, send me. In 2021, everything is delivered to us, isn't it? You don't have to leave home for hardly anything. I'm waiting for them to deliver some exercise to my house. That's what I'm waiting for. That way I don't have to go out and work for it. You can get food delivered to your house. When I was getting over COVID, staying at home still a little while after that, I had a friend call me, are you home? I said, of course I am, okay? I have, I have the COVID. I said, I'm at the house. He said, okay, just check and why. He says, just, just stay there. I'm going to have something sent to you. In 10 minutes, there was a lady at my door with three of those, those uh, really hopped up teas they're selling, you know, those energy teas with all the powder in them and all that. They charge you $55 for a piece. There were three of them waiting at my door. It was amazing. They delivered Christmas presents. You don't even have to go out shopping anymore. You can shop in your pajamas. Some of you do that anyway, but you can shop in your pajamas in your living room and have the presents brought to your house. You just sit there and do nothing, and it just comes to you. Now, I'm afraid that attitude has permeated the hearts of God's people. We want God to just bring us everything. God, bring me what you've prepared. No, he says at some point, you got to go. At some point, you've got to decide, I'm going to come to the Father. I want a right relationship with God enough that I'm willing to do what i got to do in order to have it. But I'm afraid we've gotten a little bit spiritually lazy. When I was lost, I remember very clearly, the Holy Spirit made the message clear. Jeremiah Andrews, you're lost and in need of a Savior. I remember so clearly. I was so torn up on the inside, something wasn't right. I remember going talking to my mom. Something going on in here. I didn't know what heartburn was at the time, but I thought that's what it was. Man, something's going on in my heart. I'm not sure. I don't have peace. I'm disturbed about something. What happened? The Holy Spirit made the message clear. He always will. No matter how bad. Sometimes I'll get out of the pulpit on the way home, and I'll ask my wife, was that as bad as it sounded? And she'll say, yeah, it was worse. No, she don't usually say that. I said, boy, God gave me a message, and I just mangled it up and served out something mangled. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit can unmangle it for you. And the Holy Spirit's going to make the message clear. But then you've got to decide, after he makes the message clear, what are you going to do with it? That was, listen, that was when I trusted Christ. He made the message clear. But I had to act on it and decide I was going to come to the Father. John 12, 32, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Was he lifted up? He was. Aren't you glad he draws all men? But wait a minute. 
John 6, 37, the Bible says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. What was the action there? You gotta decide, I'm gonna come to the Father. The way has been cleared, the debt has been paid, but I've decided, you know what, I, I'm gonna come to the Father. He said he wouldn't cast us out. By the way, could I just give you this as a little bit of a tidbit to help you this morning? Sometimes the first go that we need to do is just to go to an altar. We're teaching on a generation coming up behind us that the altar is not important anymore. I hear people all the time, boy, if God would call me to Bangladesh, I'd go to Bangladesh. I don't know that you're going to have the courage to go to Bangladesh if you don't have the courage to go to an altar every once in a while. Just being honest with you. Altar is a great place to humble ourselves and bow before an almighty God. And if we don't have the courage to do that and to go there, I don't think we're going to go anywhere else. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We all want rest, don't we? <laughs> a lot of you are resting right now. <laughs> Just don't snore. That's embarrassing. And after 2021, last Sunday in 2021, here we are. We won't rest, don't we? 2021, hands down, toughest year of my life. Hands down. Every morning you wake up, something ready to punch you in the mouth. That's what it felt like. Man, you won't rest. You're tired. You're late. We all are, aren't we? It's been a tough year. You say, God, I just want some rest. God, I want to, to, to relax. God, I've been laboring. I've been laboring. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. There's a caveat in there. The problem is we're so full of pride. We won't come to him. That's why we don't have rest. Notice real quickly, i got to hurry. Good night. Time's going fast, isn't it? Verse 16. The Bible says, and they came with haste, and what's the next word? The Bible says, found. They came with haste and found. It's amazing. They followed the message, and they found what they were looking for. Why? They followed the message. God made it clear. They acknowledged it. They acted upon it. Can I tell you today, oftentimes what we're looking for is on the other side of what he's already said. What you're looking for in your life, look, I'm not talking about the Ferrari, Okay. I'm talking about real stuff, that joy, peace, contentment, power, yeah. All that what we're looking for is on the other side of what God has already said. It's there. Give you an example. How many of us want direction in our life? All of us seek direction at times. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, watch this, and he shall direct thy path. There's direction available, but you've got to climb over in all thy ways, acknowledge him. You see, you got to go through that first. What did they say? They said, let us now go. They had to go. They had to act on what God said. You've got to go through acknowledging him before you can get to the directing your past part. How many times have you had a need in your life and you're praying, God, I have this need in my family, this need in my finances, this need in my home, maybe even a need in your heart, and you're asking God, God, I need this in my life. But Matthew 6.33 says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added. How many times do you need some of these things? He said, okay, I'll provide what you need, not all of what you want. I'll provide what you need, but you've got to climb over that seek ye first part. And, oh, that's a steep climb to climb over the seek ye first. Sometimes climbing over obedience is not always a trip we're willing to make. Why? It's hard. Being obedient sometimes is hard. I feel like in America this morning, we've near about outlawed difficulty. If something, listen, hear me out, all right? You don't have to like it, but I want you to hear me out. It's truth. If something is difficult in America today, it means something's wrong. I see people post on Facebook all the time, my goodness gracious, I just need a vacation. I worked a 40-hour week this week. I'm just being honest. There was a time we called that life. 
You ever start to type a post and delete it? It's probably a good reason, all right? I started typing this the other day and I told my wife, nope, I'm not going to put it, I'm not going to put it. Don't want to, you know, don't use Facebook as your personal whipping post. I told my wife this the other day, I says, every difficulty doesn't need a diagnosis. Just because something's hard to you doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Sometimes life is just hard. Sometimes it's just life. And life is hard. But in America today, if something's difficult, everything should be given to you. By the way, I have found easy come, easy go. Everything you give to people is easily taken from people. Look at our freedom. Look at our liberty. You find a generation so willingly giving it up today in America, it's because they didn't have to do anything for it. It was given to them. That's why they're willing to let. You find some of these old veterans, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, these guys who went up there and fought and scrapped and clawed. You could not pry their freedom from their dead hands. Why? It wasn't given to them. They fought for it. It was hard. Sometimes, can I tell you, the will of God's hard. It's hard. It's hard to raise your children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's hard to build a home that honors God. It's hard to build a church that honors and glorifies God and sticks and stands on this book. Sometimes it's just hard. And just because it's difficult don't need to mean that we need a, a diagnosis or some kind of an acronym to describe it. Sometimes, listen, it's just life. And sometimes life is hard. And if you're not careful, you'll take that view toward the will of God. Oh, my goodness. God, I want you to direct my path, but it's just too hard to acknowledge you. You're going to miss out. Sometimes you just have to grunt out the will of God. Look at Moses. Look at Joshua. Look at Noah. Look at Jesus. The will of God sometimes is difficult. But you have to be willing to act on what he said, even when it's hard. And finally, I'll give you this, and we'll go home. The Bible says, verse 15, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It's amazing. The Bible says in verse 17, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying. So watch how this works together. God gave them the message. He made it clear. They acknowledged what he said. Then they acted on what God said. But then it didn't stop there. After they had found Christ, what did they do? The Bible says they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. You see, finally, as we wrap all this up this morning, after we have come to Christ, you know what our responsibility is this morning? To make that good news known to others. They found out, here's the message, the way's been clear, there's where the Savior's at. They made their way to the Savior, they found the Savior, and after they found him, they helped others know about exactly what was going on. Number three, notice they advanced what was said. They advanced what was said. Last night I sat on my couch, I put a Facebook post out, I don't normally get philosophical and emotional, but last night I sat on my couch, my wife and daughter had gone to bed, and just thinking about the day that we had had getting up, opening presents together, and going to my parents and having family fellowship with them and, and whatnot. And I was thinking about all the blessings of the day. And as I sat back, I thought about the gifts and things that were given and things that we were able to give, and those were, those were neat. But thinking about my family and the sweet fellowship I have with our family and knowing that that's not going to end with this life, that my family and I are going to get the fellowship throughout eternity because of Christ. I begin thinking about the peace we have, even in difficult times, the joy we have, the contentment we have. Why? All because of Christ. And I sat there with tears in my eyes thinking, 
Oh, it was so much more than salvation. The gift of Christ is so much more than salvation. I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving. We get in this book and we find out that he's got all kinds of gifts wrapped for us in here, all because of Christ. We get because of Christ. As I was preparing last night with that thought in mind, I thought, not everyone has that. I don't have it because I deserve it. I don't have it because I earned it. I have it because of Christ. And not everyone has found their way to the Father yet. And so it's my job who have found my way to him to make sure that others find their way to him. You know, these kids, I've talked to a few of them this morning. It's amazing. I haven't had to ask them what they got for Christmas. They come up to me. Some of you adults do. Kids come up. And, but you're mine. You'll never lose what I got. You know, and they'll tell me what they got. Some of the adults, boy, let me tell you what my, my wife or my husband got me. I didn't have to ask. Why? It was such a great gift. They just had to tell it. You know the greatest gift we've ever gotten? It's Jesus. Don't keep it a secret. Hey, there's good news. A Savior's come for all men. He said, well, I have found him and I know him. What are you doing to advance what he said? Are you sharing that with others this morning? What do the shepherds need to do? Well, number one, watch this. They had to acknowledge what he said. Has the Lord said anything to you recently? Has he made his will known to you recently? Has he made it clear? I'm sure he has. He makes everything clear. Have you acknowledged it? You've got a decision to make. Have you acted upon it? Have you acted upon it? Oh, you've got to do your part in order to have what God's prepared, all right? Even if you're lost this morning, you've got to be willing to come to the Father. He said he'll not cast you out, but you've got to be willing to come. And then finally, what are you doing this morning to advance what he said? The good news goes beyond Christmas. and There's a lost and dying world who needs to hear that there's a Savior that died for them, just like he died for you and I. Our heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Let's stand together.